Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you please fill us up with your Holy Spirit and quicken us, God. I ask that you lead me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for filling me up. I pray that you allow me to, to minister grace to those that are, are listening. Let me minister what is edifying to them and give hope through your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God. So let me be able to provide hope to those that are feeling despair and hopelessness. But most importantly, God, let us retain your word today. Let us be put in a position where you're orchestrating all the things in our life that we need to be orchestrated so that we can fulfill your plan, will, and purpose, God. We want to be able to please you, God. We want to be able to satisfy you. We also want to have joy and, and be encouraged and inspired by you, God. So we just ask that you please be included in all of our choices and decisions, Lord God. We want you included in them. We want you guiding us. We want you leading us, God. We don't want to make no decisions without first confiding in you. And communicating with you, God, because you are our father, our dad. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords, God. And so we thank you. We give you glory, praise, and honor. We ask that you just please allow us to receive your word today. Let it stay retained in our hearts. Keep our hearts protected with your blood, God. Keep your word embedded in our hearts through the power of your blood, Lord God. We thank you right now that, that you are allowing us to comprehend your word. We thank you that people that didn't believe in you before believe in you today, Lord God. We thank you that your kingdom is strong, Lord God. We thank you for being, for allowing us to be a part of the body of Christ, Lord God. We thank you for your will being done in our life. We thank you for guiding us for righteousness. We thank you, God. We thank you for your love, mercy, and your grace, Lord. We thank you for listening, for always tuning your ears to hear our voice, oh God. We thank you for always being there, God, on time for us god we thank you god for always being compassionate towards us and forgiving lord thank you for grace thank you for showing us gratitude god thank you for being trustworthy lord thank you for all the things that that you've done for us that we don't even know that you have done on on our behalf lord we thank you god for giving us direction we thank you for giving us instruction through your word which is your will lord god thank you for giving us the ability to be able to commune with you lord god we appreciate all the things that you've done god thank you for going ahead of us thank you for going with us thank you for being our rear guard god you've all you are always with us lord we thank you for fulfilling your plan in our life god thank you for inspiring us thank you for encouraging us lord god thank you for always maintaining integrity lord we just thank you god we give you glory praise and honor and we appreciate all the things that you've done for us god we appreciate the things that we don't know that you've done we thank you god for just always being available you know god we need you and we just ask that you continue to keep our hearts softened and melted for you lord we want to be able to hear and see things through your eyes and ears and not our own god so that we can see and hear people from your perspective lord not our own god we want to depend on you god so allow us to perceive and have have beliefs 
that is founded on your perspective lord god so let us unlearn all the things that we need to in order for us to fulfill your plan will and purpose god pivot us and maneuver us exactly what we need to be positioned lord so that we're in a position of power where we can implement your plans your will your purpose for us god and for your children god let us inspire everybody that we come in contact with greater is the holy spirit that is inside of us than the spirit that is in this world in jesus name so god we thank you god we thank you god for the holy spirit inside of us being greater than anything and so god we ask that you allow us to dominate through the power of your holy spirit god we thank you that we are not influenced by any wicked or evilness lord we thank you god that you just protect us from all evil and wickedness we thank you god for your double portions of 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 love that you give to us each and every day god so we just ask that you please and continue to inspire us and encourage us in each choice and decision that we make in our future and in our, our lives right now god so we thank you we give you glory praise and honor but most importantly lord please allow your will to be done not ours or anyone else's but your will in jesus name amen okay thank you all so much for joining me today so i really do need to implement that prayer line because i've had a couple people already talk to me about maybe you know like setting up a prayer line so i'm i'm thinking about uh maybe doing a prayer on sundays i think that that'll be a great day to start praying and then just praying for the world the people in the world um but specifically god's children god's lost children um individuals in third world countries where they are without um necessities like basic normal necessities like water um clean water everyone should have access to clean water it should be no reason why anyone in this world is without access to clean water and so that is something that it should be available to each and every person in the world clean water and so that sometimes like i've i've noticed that in like previous weeks i will wake up very early and so god will put certain things on my heart and i think it has a lot to do with my grandmother's prayers too because she's always prayed for me my entire life and she would always get up and pray for the entire country literally she prays for congress members and politicians and teachers and students and she just prays for the entire world and so um so god had put it on my heart specifically to pray for uh the children that were without clean water so maybe this sunday i could um start the prayer off with just praying for people that don't have access to clean water because that is something that um it should be something that is a right to have um last well last i believe it was last week maybe uh last friday or this past sunday i believe where i talked about having um health care being a right or a privilege and so um that was something i did want to kind of touch base on but for now i would like to really really talk about um finish up on on sarah and um really get into um the reasons why your testimonies are so important and so i want to use sarah's story i'm still talking about women's health okay so i want to use sarah's story 
because Sarah's story is an actual testimony. Okay, she did have a son at 90 years old and she also weaned her son. Weaning meaning that she breastfed him. So she breastfed her child at 90 years old and her husband Abraham was 100 years old. So this is something that we all need to look at and um I want to really talk about the testimonies. Um so today my day was really interesting okay so while i was leaving the gym today i was in my vehicle and i was on my way home actually i was on my way to the store so i can get me some more uh v8 juices i love these uh v8 juices okay this this one has low sodium because sometimes they do have about sometimes they contain about 24 percent worth of um sodium which is salt so you can get the low sodium can is good or you can get the antioxidants the and the one with antioxidants have usually a lot of more sodium than the one with low sodium but um on my way from the gym i was going to the store and i want to talk about i want to share this testimony because i believe that it's significant Okay, because I believe that what the word of God says is true and everything about the word of God is true. And so what that means is this. This it, it might be some things that you may consider to be small. A lot of people, they are, they will consider it to be something that is powerful. So you have to understand that God's glory is always going to be fulfilled. God's glory will be fulfilled in your experience. So so today i'm leaving the gym and so i am on the expressway well i am on the expressway there is a wasp in the car okay the wasp is crawling up my arm it's crawling on me so i am surrounded by other cars and the wasp is just in the car crawling and flying around me so i'm sitting here because guess what god said because before i leave well actually before i get up and do anything even before i uh when right when i wake up by the time my feet hit the floor i'm giving praise to god by the time i'm in the restroom i'm thanking god for waking me up and my kids up and my family and my mom, my sister, my niece, my grandbaby, her mom, my cousins, uh, and you know, like, so I'm, I'm praying to God. So every single day I pray for traveling mercies. Okay. This is just something that is, um, just a part of a normal prayer that I normally pray every single day. And so I pray this prayer. Father God, give us traveling mercies to and from our destinations, making sure that we get there safe and get back safe. Whatever direction we're headed in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm driving in the car. I'm about 15 minutes away from the store, which not too far from my house either. And so I'm driving and this wasp is flying around, crawling on me okay <laughs> so i kind of like and i'm sitting here i'm on my hands-free device okay I, I don't like hold any devices or anything when i'm talking so i'm sitting here i'm driving and i'm like ah it's a wasp it's crawling on me this wasp is crawling it's flying
everywhere. Oh my God. So I'm driving, driving. So I raise all the windows now. The wasp still doesn't want to leave the car. It's now just flying around in the car. Okay. And so I'm still driving. I didn't know if it was going to bite my leg or if it was going to crawl up my neck or if it was going to crawl on my hair. But what I do know is I had the windows open. And so even with the windows open, I was, uh, I am traveling with traveling mercies. That means that God's hand is on me. That means that this wasp, like I literally had swerved a little bit. When uh, when I seen the wasp crawling up my arm, and it's a it's cars everywhere, so I'm I'm just like okay, so I'm I'm just going. I, I I say okay, well I know God isn't gonna let the wasp bite me. So the wasp is crawling up my arm, and I didn't want to smack the wasp because then I'm thinking like ah. What it you know, so I, I didn't even want to think at all about the situation. I just kept driving <laughs> because I knew that I had traveling mercies, and I know that when God says something, it will be what God says. It isn't about what people think, it isn't about what they don't know, because they don't know those that have doubted unbelief in God. They don't know what God can deliver you from. So I'm here to say that that wasp almost caused the accident. Crawling and flying around just, it startled me. I was startled. Abrupt. It was so abrupt. And I was ah. But let me tell you about the power of God. See, my eyes was focused on the road. My eyes is focused on my destination where God has me going to. Okay. I wasn't thinking about what the wasp was going to do because I knew that God, he goes ahead of me in whatever the day holds. He goes with me in whatever the day holds. And God is my rear guard. So I know that... My faith in God, trust him. So I want to talk about the testimonies today and why your testimony is so significant. You have to be able to know that when God sets your feet upon a rock, he sets you up on a solid foundation. When God places you where you're supposed to be that's it there is no no other alternative to that so no matter what you see in your life no matter what you see that you're going through whatever you're experiencing don't let that hold you back from what god has in store for you you are an ambassador of Christ. You are the salt of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Okay? 
So God wants us all to know that it doesn't matter how small you think your story is. What really matters is you sharing your testimony with everybody. And I have so many testimonies to share. It's like, whoa, that's a lot. Okay. So I'm just kind of like releasing my testimonies as I go along in the podcast. Okay. So that was just one from today. But what I want to do is um, let me go right into the word. Um, But before I get started there. I want you all to know if you're joining me um, via Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put your comments in the uh, Q&A and I'll be sure to respond to you there. If I don't see your comment for any reason, please go ahead and raise your hand and I will be able to see it there. Um, Now, the other day when I was um, doing the podcast on Tuesday night, there was a gentleman that came in the room and he talked about how many people were in the room. So I kind of want to say explain that because I don't believe that I gave out like accurate information. So let me let me just reiterate what was going on. So he said that, well, he thought that he was the only one in the room. He's actually was not. OK, Um, when you're joining via live on the Podbean app, um, I can add you as a panelist. All right. You can be a host or you can be a panelist. So if you want that other number, the total number in the room, that means that these are all people that are joining from other um, websites. So meaning they are joining from um, Firefox. They're joining from Chrome. They're joining from their Safari. They're joining from other uh, web search engines so that means that they're joining the Podbean app via those other forms of um uh urls or websites okay so that that's what that means so like each day i have the ability to see how many people were on firefox how many people were on chrome how many people were on safari how many people were on other outlets to like the wisdom app different apps so it's important to understand that when you're joining via podbean you can actually be a panelist if you're joining any other way like maybe um just a safari and you're not inside of the live room you will not be able to be a panelist but you are there okay so that's the good thing you can hear um if you wanted to make any comments at all via like the um spotify app apple or iHeartRadio, alexa samsung google or podbeam please go ahead and push your comments in the comment section and i can respond to you there now if you have um if you have a prayer request right please go ahead and send your prayer request to laws life health at suddenchangescorporation.org once again, that email is lawslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. Or if you wanted to suggest a topic, there have been people that have suggested topics to me. And hopefully I, I, I am going to get around to, you know, discussing them. So please go ahead and send me an email. Send that email directly to me at Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Once again, that is Deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, Watson at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. 
Now, also, if you wanted to become an author, all right, you wanted to journal, do some journalism and do some writing, okay? Um, if you needed to complete some mandated community service, my organization is a nonprofit, 501c3. Um, so you can complete it. It will be in a virtual setting. I do need a campaign manager. I need I need some help. So if you are interested in maybe volunteering or um, maybe completing an internship, all of that, all of that information can be requested at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. All right. Once again, that email is info at suddenchangescorporation.org. And so I really appreciate you all there. So um, let me go ahead and get right into the word today. All right. So I was. So you're going to go. Let me share my screen. All right. Let me share the screen. And I wanted to pull up the. Um, I'm going to pull up this scripture. So we're going to pull up Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 22, 19 through 21. Okay. All right. So Proverbs, we know is like you learn so much information in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is so awesome. I actually love listening and reading Proverbs. So, because I, I like listening to the Bible app. Um, and I usually can fall asleep listening to it every night. I have it on. So, um, that's a great way to be able to take down um, some of God's word, right? When you're going to sleep, you know? And so, um, I like that. Um, so, I really do support the, the Bible app. Um, I, what I need to do is start donating to them a little more because I'm definitely utilizing their services. So whenever you utilize a service and you're getting information that is, you know, like quality, you want to make sure that you're giving back. It's always important to be a contributor and not just a consumer where you're always taking, taking, taking. So let's look at this uh, verse. It's Proverbs 22 verses 19 through 21. It says, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. Have I not written 30 sayings for you? Sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth so that you may bring back truthful reports to those you serve. And so this is all about your testimony, bringing back truthful reports to people, right? Giving your the word of how God, have helped you get through. See, it's one thing to give a story, but it's another thing when you when you are overcoming the story. So today, actually, I just really need to talk about this too. All right. And I'm not trying to deter from the topic, but I would really, really like to incorporate this because I was in a, a webinar today. And in this webinar, it was at my school. And so I kind of missed the, the first part of it only because there was some like technical error that was there. And so I really didn't um, quite catch the the lady's last name. But um, there was there was a testimony. Um, we, we had a program at school today. It's called 
be seen or something like that. And what it does, what they were talking about is they just creating like a brave space for um, minority African-American or just minority students to be able to talk about their experiences in life that they have overcome and um, creating a space where they can talk about just some of their their life's um, adversities and how they've overcome. And so the lady today, she was talking about her entire life and how she's overcome um, this, you know, overcome a lot of different things throughout her upbringing. So one specific story that she gave was she said that she grew up in a city in um, Chicago in Terratown. So I know what Terratown is. It's, it's like Terratown is it's a, a, a high crime rate area. But it isn't as bad as Inglewood, or it isn't as bad as lo the low end. Okay, so you have Terratown. Yes, there are like uh, it's a high crime, poverty stricken neighborhood, but it isn't as bad as Inglewood. So Inglewood is probably the worst um, part of the city of Chicago when it comes to crime and uh, poverty. In addition to the low end, and uh, there's uh, quite a few different places, but Terratown is a place in Chicago. It's right off of 79th. It's like this, the entire area going down 79th from like 79th and uh, Stony Island all the way down to like 79th and I would say South Shore, really. And so this entire neighborhood from the 70th, I would say from all the way from 75th in Stony to uh, for to about i say 75th and South Shore all the way down to about 81st, 82nd, something like that. It goes all the way down. So that little area is considered Terratown. And so there's a lot of things that happen in this in Terratown in Chicago. And I wanted to talk about specifically um, one thing that I do know that happened in this neighborhood was there was somebody that well my someone that i know knew someone who was a a minor well the girl was 16 years old and she was in a house in Terratown. and so i heard this story from somebody and they said that there were some men who knocked on the door who had appeared to be like construction workers or the light company and they ended up going into the house you know like sexually assaulting this 16 year old girl and you know it was really nothing that could be done about this um so Terratown does have like a lot of activity going on there are a bunch of sex offenders in that area it's a lot of uh crime rate burglary um robbery that's taking place in Terratown. it's not a good neighborhood at all um, so she was talking about her story being that she lived in Terratown and her parents, uh, her dad and her mom worked really hard for her to, you know, like um, have a great education. And so although she lived in this neighborhood, she didn't go to school in this neighborhood. She went to a neighboring Catholic school, um, a neighborhood Catholic school, which is not too far from Terratown, but it, it puts her in a different, you know, um, perspective. Because now she's going to school where there are nuns that are teaching her.
right so she goes from you know living in this neighborhood where there is poverty stricken most of many of the, her friends are in poverty but you know that her teachers are saying you live in a bad neighborhood but the neighborhood that she lives in she feels like the people that supports her and her brother is from their neighborhood in Town. so it's like the school says you you're in a bad place that there are not good people where you live and then she's going home and and she knows that the people in her neighborhood are the ones that's protecting her and her brother so you have this um you have this paradigm basically that's like this ambiguous type of activity that is taking place not in just her you know um conversations with people but this is be now becoming a living experience a living experience of ambiguity right and so we see that now she's um like going back and forth she she kind of rejects her black cultural norms and then she begins to cold switch so let me explain what code switching is okay so code switching is what people in higher education do when they want to relate to other people for instance if you are around um people or individuals or groups that speak proper grammar then now you can change your language and your pronunciation or accent to to be that of proper grammar and or if you're around a group of people who just really really love speaking ebonics so like i come from a place where we speak ebonics but that doesn't mean that i'm going to speak ebonics but my pronunciation is going to have you know like your pronunciation and accent is the same thing it means the same thing so my accent is going to sound like a little country a little bit because that's around the people that i'm accustomed to being around people that are sounding a little country right so when you think about all of this all i'm saying is is that um she what she did was reject her black cultural norms and she code switched and began to speak proper grammar and so like i usually don't like talking too much in a webinar um unless like you're so interesting like if i attend a webinar and i start making like statements about something it's like i'm very interested i'm listening to every single word that you're saying okay that's <laughs> i'm like intentional listening to you because now it's like i now want to engage okay because this is so interesting your story and every everything about her story was so i would say intriguing um she definitely set the tone with this and so she explained how she went to going to code switch speaking proper grammar rejecting her back black cultural norms and saying well i uh, know like i don't want to i don't want to do this and i'm not going to this school and i'm going to go to this school and i'm going to do this so she knew that she was going to go to the school in nebraska so it doesn't sound like she wanted to go um to a h um hbcu so she wanted to go to a school that was in nebraska and so she went to a school that was in nebraska okay and then she went to a school that was in boston and so when i think about everything that she was saying in her testimony this is her story and it's about sharing the stories of how we connect with other people how relatable are you to other people and it isn't always about being in the environment where you can't 
share your story. So like I've tried to share a story. And so the only way you can share a story is you have to, you know, communicate it. Right, you gotta convey your message. You have to sometimes people start their story out with questions or they may, you know, um make a statement, you know. So in this webinar today, she said if you wanted to share your experience or anything like that, just you know, make your comment and how your uh experience relates to what is being said. And so I didn't share any of my stories, but I did well, I did say one thing, and well, I said a couple things, okay. So I said that um, I reject code switching. I reject code switching because I believe that it's not authentic. And so I don't want to go into a room of people that actually speaks proper grammar. And I start speaking that way because that is not how I speak. That is not how I pronunciate my words. Okay. And I don't feel that is necessary for me to adopt or have cultural convergence in that area when it isn't it's just english is a language okay it doesn't measure your intelligence at all and so i've actually taken the iq test and of mensa different i've taken different iq tests i take the test in, in two minutes and i'll be done with it and you get 20 minutes to take an IQ test. You literally, they give you 20 minutes. And I just click, 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 click. Okay, I think I got this, 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 this. And then now I'm at a high level of intelligence, uh, intelligent IQ. So it's like, okay, and then I'll be at a gifted level sometimes, you know? So depending on if the more time I spend on taking the IQ test, it seems like it provides more thorough accuracy, accurate results than if I'm rushing through it and do it really fast right so what i'm saying here is that we are going to be at our best selves when we are taking our time doing things when when you can share a story about how you've overcome because it's about sharing your testimony how have you overcome you can't share a testimony unless you have overcome it I mean, I guess you could talk about the pain you're feeling in your experience, but how did you overcome? So people want to feel, they want to know how you've overcome. So for me, I think that this webinar today, it was so amazing because she talked about how she then went back and redirected. She redirected her focus into embracing her blackness. So she began to embrace her blackness. But she taught her kids not to embrace that blackness. I mean, she thought that she was teaching them how to embrace blackness. But her kids doesn't like uh, many of the cultural black cultural norms. Like, for instance, she gave an example about her kids, you know, um, not being able to wear that where her son doesn't want to wear Jordans and like. Jordans, Michael Jordan jump shoes are something that is like prominent in the black culture. Okay. Not just into the, the black culture norms, but it's also spilled over into other cultures as well. So the main thing about this story was I found it quite interesting and I feel like it's kind of relatable is because see my daughter, my daughter is German and black. 
Well, my oldest kids are. They're mixed. Um, so they are like um by they're multiracial. They're multiracial. And um so my daughter, she does have a, a issue with people always talking about race, race being an issue with so much. Um, race is not something that I believe that really impacts my children that way. Um, I believe that race impacts them externally when it's externally brought to them. Um, meaning that, you know, when, when other people are always mentioning, well, race and this black person and this white person and, and, and the way that you speak and you're speaking white and you're, you know, and so like my story relates to her story when it comes to like her kids liking certain stuff. And so she, she said that her, her son didn't want these Jordans because he just wanted to wear sketches, but she had told him like, look, you can't, you can't go up into no Hyde Park where, well, I think she said, I think she said Hyde Park. Then she's, I think, I don't know if she said Hyde Park. She said, you know, you can't go on the South side with wearing no sketches. You can't go here wearing no sketches now. You know, so that's, that's kind of funny because... <laughs> It's so funny because when you grow up a certain type of way that, um, you know, like some people, they're going to accept you for any, it doesn't matter if you wear sketches or flip flops, it doesn't matter. Okay. Cause for me, I don't care if I had some sketches on or if I had some high heels on that, that looked like some, uh, leprechaun shoes. Those the shoes I like. I don't care if you talk about me. Okay. I like shoes. So go talk about your shoes. Let's talk about your hair today. All right. Don't be talking about my leprechaun looking shoes. These leprechaun shoes look com they comfortable and they cute. So that's how that's how I was. That's how I am. I guess um that's the way I was I communicate with the people in my community. Um but what I noticed a lot about this storytelling is that it it gives us the ability to create a space where we can share our stories and this is so amazing because i was just sitting there listening i mean i was i was laughing out loud at the gym i started laughing she made another joke i was I, i'm just laughing <laughs> it was funny so she not only she added prestige and quality by being funny in the process so whenever you're sharing a story or you're giving a testimony, you want to make sure that it's something that you come from a place that you've overcome. So she went from a place of uh, rejecting her black cultural norms because of her upbringing. And then she went to code switching to speaking proper grammar and being in a different um, environment than her normal black cultural norms in Terratown, right? And so um, she kind of escaped that environment and then went on to, you know, trying to uh, redirect herself into embracing her blackness. And so I think that, you know, our self-esteem, when our self-esteem is attached to God, um, we're definitely going to be able to overcome. But when our self-esteem is attached to like maybe just say your parents, for instance, if your your parents go for your life. If your self-esteem is attached to 
you know, what your parents' qualifications of you should be or what they should look like, then most likely you're going to you're going to feel these extremities, these extreme pressures like, OK, am I going to satisfy my dad? Am I satisfying my mom to do this or to do that? And it's like, wait, wait, wait. You can't attach your goals to other people. It's like, okay, well, wait. Now, if that's your husband, okay, because what does the Bible say? The Bible says that a man leaves his father and mother and is united unto his wife and the two become one flesh. That's what the Bible says. So we, we understand that, yes, you're going to share goals with your spouse. So I, I explain these type of things because there are some people that are always going to have questions about that. So when we think about our decisions and how you're attaching your, you're attaching your confidence, you're attaching your self-esteem, you're attaching your goal objectives to others and their approval. See, I guess for me, by me, I had never, ever really cared about what people thought of me. So it's like all of my goals, I always wanted to just go and accomplish them. When it came to school, that was a goal that I attached to my kids. It's like I want to finish school and I'm going to show my children that you can be whatever it is that you want to be in this world. So I began to get certificates everywhere. I was studying all type of stuff. I just stay in school. Whatever activity they offer, I'm going to get it. And whatever extracurricular activities I can get, I'm going to do that too. And then whatever certificates I could get on the side, I'm going to do that too. And whatever networks I could build, I'm going to do that too. And so I try to show my children that. You know, you could you could pretty much do whatever it is that you want. But then God redirected me and said, see, you're living your life. And you're attaching your goals. To them. So what if they don't receive the message? So I was like, oh, what if my kids don't receive the message? So now, now that my children are older, when I talk to them about like, well, my youngest son, so <laughs> I guess I'm sharing stories today. Um, and I, this was kind of unexpected. I didn't know I, if I was, I, that's the Holy Spirit leading me. So thank you, Holy Spirit for leading me in this discussion. So I'm going to talk about, I guess I can give a testimony about my kids, um, briefly. So my youngest son we talked about college and stuff, but my youngest son didn't want to go to college. He's about to graduate. He's supposed to graduate early in December. We are actually supposed to graduate at the same time. So he's supposed to get his high school diploma and I'm supposed to get my PhD. We're graduating supposedly at the same time, but I, I just, I know for sure. I don't, I don't know for sure, for sure. If I am going, I have withdrawn from all of my classes in school. So, um, but my son doesn't want to go to college. 
We talked about college. We talked about the things that it'll be required for him to do. And then he said, well, I want to trade. He wants my youngest child. He wants to make some money. And so like, he's very, very, um, focused on being an entrepreneur. And, um, he, he just analyzed the benefits associated with you know the investment of costs going to school and it is not beneficial to him overall and so we had talked about him going to the navy then he was thinking about doing that and so college is not something that is in his plan period now my uh my oldest two sons they are football lovers okay they play football period my son well all of my boys play football i mean they have multiple positions okay on the field multiple positions in high school the point is you can only play one position per game so if you're a quarterback you're a wide receiver you this you you all of that you can only play one position at a time so my oldest son he loves football like he was just sleep with his football he loves football in high school all through high school that's all he was a football star um so he would like to go to college he would the issue is is that my daughter is she likes to um, well, I, I, I signed a lot of documents and, um, got a lot of loans for her to go to, to a private university. And so the issue with that is, um, she didn't want to stay there. So she left like midway through. And so, so now she wants to go and get all of these certificates. So now she she's a, a certified electrician. And now she's about to be a certified nurse. And next she's about to do uh, certifications to, uh, I guess, do like co-piloting. First, she was going to go to the Navy, so not the Navy, the, the Air Force, the Air Force. And so she took her uh, ASVA ASVAB, I think it's pronounced ASVAB. She took that exam and she got into the, the Air Force. But she changed her mind about that. And so now my investments as far as school is not something that I really want to do. I would really like to do that for my oldest son because he really does love football. But my middle, my, um, my second, my second son, he's already going, he's going to be going to college anyway. So I just wanted to say that throughout all of that, none of them are in college. Okay. And so I believe, I don't believe that college should be, um, something like mandated. I believe that people do self-teach themselves a lot, but I also think that there are a lot of benefits to going to college. And um, so does the, the benefits outweigh the costs that are associated, associated with this attendance? I will say yes, 
because the benefits are you're investing into your future. So we made an investment into our lives. You always want to invest in yourself. And so that's something that is very important to do. You, you pick up different subjects. You learn about cultural adaptations. You learn about so many different things that you, you're definitely going to want to be able to know this information. But could God give you the information? Absolutely. So what God was telling me is that don't attach, don't attach my education to my kids. Because what he said to me a long time ago, this did, I, I would say this was a few years ago. This was before I was getting my master's degree. And so God said that, what if they don't receive the message? So it's like, you're, you're setting your life to get approved by other people and what if they don't get the 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 what if they don't get the memo they ain't get the point so now you went to school for your parents she did so the, the lady she did all of all of these things for to live up to her mom's greatness, to get her mom's approval. So you have to understand that that story there with her story is so powerful. But when she began to embrace her blackness and, and she was fine in the skin that she was in and, and she was able to be her authentic self, that is when she was able to deliver prestige and quality. So it isn't about attaching yourself to other people or attaching your confidence to them. Like you need validation. You don't need someone to tell you that you look good. You don't need someone to tell you that you're fine. You don't need someone to say, hey, you're beautiful. Look, look at your personality. Look at your character. Look at your outward appearance. You are a beautiful person inside and out. So all you need to do is look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. We don't have to attach our goals to other people. You don't attach your confidence to anyone else. Don't attach your self-esteem to seeking the validation of others. So when it came to me accomplishing my academic goals, it was to show my children that they could just be as strong as me and overcome whatever it is in life. And I, I owe that to them. I actually wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to um, combat a lot of repugnant laws. And I wanted to overcome a lot of things in our uh, judicial system that have been hindering some of the American people. And not in a way where we would be utilizing race on the sole basis of these different goal objectives for legislation. But really it's about what are the steps that legislators can make 
in order to benefit the all of the people of this country. Now, everyone isn't going to always be satisfied. For instance, you may you may be supporting, you know, Republicans, but now we have a Democratic president. So what does that tell you? That means that you're not represented because you voted Republican. So what happens when you have a Republican president and you voted Democrat? That means you're not represented because you voted Democrat. So you're unrepresented. So everyone isn't going to always be satisfied because you're always going to have these type of, uh, of frictions in government. But the point of the matter is, is that you're not attaching your life to the things that are going on in government. Yes, there are laws that are passed. Yes, there are things that's happening in the world. Yes, there are bad things. Yes, there are things that make you feel, you know, uncertain. But that doesn't mean that you attach your beliefs and your future because of legislation because of what government officials are doing god wants us to go back to this scripture right here proverbs 22 19 and 21 so that your trust may be in the lord i teach you today even you have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth so that you will bring back truthful reports to those you serve. That's all it's about. What is your report? What is your story? So today, when I was at the gym, so it's this man at the gym, like every time we see each other, we talk to each other. Okay. And he had initially, he wanted my phone number, but I told him that I don't just give out my phone number to nobody. Okay. Because my phone number is really just for family and um, close people that I know, or unless it's for, for work. Okay. Or volunteering or something like that. I don't just go. I'm not in the business of distributing my phone number to random people. Okay, I have to build a rapport. I need to be able to talk to you. And so since I'm at the gym, I'll, I'll see you again, you know. Um, and so we, we talk at the gym. And so I had noticed some things. And so I had prayed for him. I said, hey, you know, because his back looks like he has back problems. He's an older guy. And so he said, he said, I was, I, I am, you know, he, he told me his, his story. And so I said, well, I pray for you. I said, well, let me pray for you right now. Let's pray. So I pray for him. And so it's like, what story are we sharing with people? When, when I pray for this man, I said, God, we know what the doctor's reports say, God, but we know that you put doctors and physicians on this earth to help your children. See, my grandmother, she she always used to tell me, 
She be like, baby, they, they, doctors is here to help people. They here to help people. And so I was like, okay, all right. Okay, grandma. Cause a lot of times I would have to, you know, like I would not like the way the doctors would handle my babies. I'd be like, look, <laughs> don't be doing that. Like I want to go to a different doctor. Don't grab my daughter like that. Don't grab my son like that. I don't like that. If you gonna, you know, when they getting immunizations and stuff, I don't like you grabbing them a certain way. Don't. I was just like an overprotective parent. I really was. I really was. I was so overprotective. I didn't even want nobody touching my kids' hands. Don't touch my baby hands. I don't know where your. I don't know where your hands been. I don't even know you. Please, please don't do that. Please do not do that. Definitely don't kiss my kids on the cheek. No. Do you the kids get rashes and all type of stuff. They're babies. <laughs> so, like I was just over I used to overdo stuff with my kids. And I believe that's why I kind of like went through a lot because I was like in, in some ways, I was worshiping my children. That's the way, you know, like, that's the way I looked at it in some aspect or the other. That's what it was. It's like, don't touch my kids. No, my kids can't come over your house. My kids are not playing in the park with those kids. Absolutely not. They are always sneezing, always having a cold. I don't want nobody constantly sneezing and, and coughing on my babies. You cannot smoke around my children. No, I'm not taking my kids and nobody house that smoke. So I was just like, it didn't matter what holiday it was. I'm not taking my kids. My kids can't go to everybody's house. And so you I went through I went through a lot so much stuff. And so I believe that you know when we are going through our experiences, it doesn't matter what experience it is. For instance, the one that I just shared with my grandma, she said, you know, doctors was here on this planet to help people, baby. That's what my grandma, it took her to tell me that. Because I didn't like the way some doctors handled the babies, my babies. They The recommendations are off whack and stuff like that. You know, I just be like, uh-uh, see... Uh-uh. My baby needs to drink some water. She needs some water. They, well, no, you know, just, you have to give her milk uh, up until, you know, until uh, she's one. And I was breastfeeding. But my baby, why, why wouldn't your baby need water? We all need water. <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. But they tell you that. So um, just going back here, going back to the topic here, um, you know, it's all about the story that you're living and how you've overcome. So I was able to get through things in life 
by learning how to depend on God, by learning how to trust God. So your story may be something different, but God never, ever will leave you ever because when Jesus Christ was on that cross and he died and he resurrected, he, he took the keys of death from Satan. So everything that you experience in life, it may feel like this is your you may feel like it's problem after problem after problem. You might feel like life is so hard for you right now. You just don't know which way to turn, which way to go. But all you have to do is call on God. That's it. Call on the name of the Lord. So this scripture, Proverbs 22, 19 and 21, it says, teaching you to be honest and speak the truth so that you will bring back truthful reports to those you serve remember that the truth comes from god all truth comes from god so i wanted to look at this video this is a video um this is a ted talk video it is the power of telling your story by dominic uh colenzo colenzo um this was this video was published april 19th of 2017 it says uh, as humans we we love to listen to good stories but what makes a good story so dominic salenso explores the elements that make a story irresistible transforming a run-of-the-mill tale into an extra extraordinary uh, epic so he is basically um encapsulating the idea of trace or how our actions and inactions as well as our ideas might translate into something tangibly different or even leave their traces in others in the environment. And so this is something to remind you. Now, I know that this is somewhat secular, but I want to make sure that you understand that we do coexist in this world, even though we are not a part of what the world does. Because when we are with Christ, we are the body of Christ. We are set apart from the rest of the world. But we do coexist, meaning that we know that the secular beliefs and everything are out here in the world. We know that Satan goes out and roams the earth, right? Um, but the main thing is, how are you taking in the positives? Because see, God, this is how God has taught me. And before I play this video, this is important for me to say this. So I want to go to another scripture before I play the video. So we're going to go to um, Matthew 7, 1 through 3. It says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And while beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider it not the beam that is in thy own eye. And so what this is saying here is, so the revelation that I got from this, this is what the Lord gave me. God said, look, you don't know 
what not one single person talks to him about. You don't know the relationship that other people have with God on the inside when they're going into their homes and they're going into their, you know, like sanctuaries in the church. You don't know what they are expressing to God. You don't know how embedded or how deep a person relationship is with God simply by the way that they dress or because of their pronunciation or because of their accents or because of the texture of their hair or the way that their hair look. We don't know a person's relationship with God. And so this is what God told me. This is why I do not be judging people. Now, I will tell you what's on my mind to you, not to nobody else. But this is the reason why you don't. Because all good things comes from God. Even people that are evil, that are doing good deeds, that is the good that is in them remember when i talked about adam and eve they were filled with good and evil and they were masked with these coats of skin but they were still on the inside of them even though they were masked and coated in skin they still had good and evil in them. So now you have the enemy, which is Satan, the devil. Now he has the ability to replicate himself through Adam and Eve. So you have to understand what I've learned from God is this. We don't judge people because we don't know how good God is inside of them. You don't know how good a person's choice will be unless you are God. And there is no God in this world besides the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other God besides him. So you have to understand that you don't know. The amount of God. That is inside of a person. You don't know the goodness. The full goodness, well, what will come out of them unless you are around them. So it's important for us to know that God wants us to look at people and know that it doesn't matter what you may think. The important goal is to know you don't know the amount of goodness that is in that person that is filled with God. And God is their judge.
So with God being their judge, you listen to the good and you take in all the positives and you discard the rest. So it's important to listen to people even if they're saying something that you may not want to hear. So for instance, I still will listen to an atheist because they do have a perspective. See, God isn't after the saved. He's after the unsaved. So, I am I am a person that is kind of like really, really focused on the mind and having discernment and being able to understand people. Okay. And so um, we have to have compassion and we need to have passionate communication that leads to vulnerability. Spaces, brave spaces that creates vulnerability in our communication. So we're going to listen to uh, Dominic here and he's going to tell us the power of telling your story. All right. And so it's uh, this is a video. It's about 12 minutes long, approximately. Um, I'm just going to play it and then I'll do some reflecting afterwards. words. From a really early age, we're exposed to the magic of storytelling. Since human beings first walked the earth, we've been sharing stories, warning each other of mortal danger, teaching right from wrong, inspiring our tribe to action. The latest science tells us that when we hear a story, our bodies produce the hormone oxytocin and we instantly start to form a connection with the person that we're listening to. Stories bind us together and help us make sense of our experience. Have you heard of turtle traders? They were a group of 14 novice traders who were trained by... I'm a storyteller. I started my career as an actor, became a theatre director, and I now help business leaders in the digital age reconnect with the power of the spoken word. I'm here today to encourage you to embrace your own story and share more of it with the world. The reason that I say more of our story is I believe that most of us are holding back. In the bite-sized world of social media, we tend to share only the selected highlights. Our Instagram feeds and Facebook walls proclaim to the world all those wonderful things that are happening to us. You know those uh, carefully staged selfies? Let's give this a go. Uh, everyone say TEDx. One, two, three, TEDx. 
Well, those pictures only paint half the story. Like it or not, we've become museum curators, archiving our achievements in digital form. And yet for many of us, those posts only paint part of the picture. It's like watching the trailer for a movie, but never actually seeing the whole film. You get a sense of the action, but the experience lacks any emotional depth. Think about all the things that you've achieved in your life so far. That series of events that's led you to listening to this talk. those amazing adventures and all the disastrous decisions that make you who you are. How well do you share those stories? Do you share them? Or do you keep them to yourself? Most of us dismiss our stories as either irrelevant or embarrassing or uninteresting, and yet those stories are vital in helping our audience understand who we are. And when I say audience, I mean anyone that you communicate with, um, your family, your friends, your team at work, or 300 complete strangers at a TEDx event. When you share your stories, you create connection. When I started my journey uh, as an actor, when I decided at 16 years of age to go to drama school, I thought it was going to be easy. You go to drama school, uh, land your first job, work your way to the top, simple. The reality was very different. The journey was a lot less linear. I had a huge high. My highest point, I was starring in a Hollywood movie, flying around the world, signing autographs. At my lowest, I was working in a call center, trying to convince people that I'd never spoken with before to part with their credit card details. <laughs> Not an easy job. However, when I started a new chapter of my life as a public speaking coach, I had an instinct to dismiss my past. I felt that if I wanted to be taken seriously in the world of business, I needed to project a more polished corporate image. I stopped telling my story. It was a really flawed strategy. One rainy November afternoon, I uh, found myself sitting in a dull office in the north of England, sipping tea with my business partner, very British. Um, my new business was a couple of months old and we were struggling to find our identity. We weren't making any money. All of a sudden, my coach asked me a question that would change everything. Why don't any of your marketing materials mention your past? Aren't you proud of it? Well, of course I'm proud of it, I replied. It's just not relevant. The second that those words left my lips, I, I realized my mistake. In denying my previous experience, I was creating a story and turning it from something interesting and unique into something bland and vanilla. 
the drama had disappeared and the narrative had become dull. In an attempt to try and fit in, I had lost my sense of identity. I see it all the time with the clients that I work with, uh, a reluctance to share the things that make us who we are for fear, uh, for fear of appearing either uh, boring or arrogant. And yet those stories are the very thing that make us who we are. I'm not advocating um, being boastful or regaling people with a, a long list of all your accomplishments. I'm advocating sharing things about yourself that help you connect with your audience. We don't read the CVs of the people that we admire. We read their biographies. We want to uh, peek behind the curtain to uh, experience the highs and the lows. Sharing your story is an act of vulnerability. It requires allowing yourself to be seen. But with vulnerability comes power. Hey fellow lobsters, if you've ever read 12 Rules for Life, have you ever wondered how to talk to your kids about these ideas? Well now, there's a Tuttle Twins book talking just about the 12 rules. In the digital age of social media, the, the age that we live in, invisibility and anonymity, they're just not an option. A quick Google search of your name and reams of data appear. Your story is out there. It should be you who tells it. Now, uh, whenever I talk about what I do, I reveal a lot more about my past, the highs and the lows. Uh, I talk about the fact that I've flown a spaceship. It's true. I've lost a million dollars. Also true. <laughs> and I've been fired by Simon Cowell. It creates intrigue. It opens conversations. And I encourage you to do the same. I want to prescribe sharing some part of your story at every opportunity. Why? Because it will make the world a more connected place. We live in a time-poor society where we're encouraged to keep things brief, um, to stick to the facts, to ditch emotion for logic. But we are imaginative beings. When we give our stories voice, we allow them to resonate in the hearts and the minds of the people that we interact with. As soon as a story has been told, its power multiplies. As soon as it passes the lips, it exists in the imagination of both the teller and the listener. It has momentum. And stories allow us to do more than just document our experience. They allow us to imagine and create what is yet to come. The traces of our past shape the narrative of our future and will continue to influence the stories that we tell. Simple three-act structure, the beginning, the middle and the end. Every person in this room has a unique story to tell. I guarantee that if we were to share the collective experiences of this audience, we'd have enough material for several blockbuster movies, and yet many of us dismiss our past as uninteresting and irrelevant. I thought the same. 
but now my past is my biggest asset. So I challenge you to start sharing more of your story immediately. When you leave this event, rather than standing on your own, summarizing your experiences in 140 characters or uh, uploading the perfect photo, find someone you don't know. Walk up to them and share a little bit of who you are. Reveal something about your past. Tell them how it relates to your present and give them a glimpse into your future. For example, I might say, my name's Dominic Colenso. Uh, when I was 21, I starred in a Hollywood movie. I'm here today because I've been lucky enough to be asked to talk on the TEDx stage. And next week, I'm going to be working with the leaders of a global payments corporation to help them improve their public speaking. Past, present, future. It might feel like a, a step outside of the comfort zone, but it's an act of generosity that will create instant human connection. And who knows where that connection could lead. The stories of your past shape the story of your future. Once upon a time, that time is now. Thank you. Yes, yeah, I like that. That was just an amazing, amazing um video, right? Okay, so let's let's um channel back here. So thinking about some of the things that he said, I really, really like the fact that he talked about um most people they don't go look. Hey, homeowners, would you like? He to said your he said most people that they're not looking at the a famous person's CV, which is their resume, they're going to look at their biography. They want to take a peek behind the scenes of what's taking place in their life. And so this is so important to be able to understand, you know, basically like what is really comes from the way we share our stories. So let me give you a, some more stories, okay? I'm going to stop the share and talk to you all directly. So recently, now I have I have been kind of getting pressure about you know getting in a marriage. Um, so my ex he had called me and like we kind of talk on the phone. That's all we do is talk on the phone because we're in two different cities, and so um he kind of like gave me an ultimatum to marry him and give him a date that we're going to get married so i haven't decided and i really haven't agreed to that um so that's why we're not moving forward but um i also had someone call me who has been really impacted you know like i've been really positively trying to impact their life through the power of the holy spirit and so this person is also somebody that i used to talk to a long time ago and so he goes he goes to church and so he takes a he goes up to the altar and then he takes a selfie with the pastor like he's the pastor is up there you know like preaching and he's up there taking a selfie with the pastor and now all of these people are up at the altar and they're praying so I want to share the reason why I'm telling this 
story is because I have been around some people that are very good people and individuals who grew up into like extreme levels of poverty. And so this person that I was that I'm talking about here who went to the church, they really, really read their Bible every single day, every single day, but are really struggling to sort of maintain that relationship with God. So we sometimes, when we are looking at like the actions of that, it's like, okay, imagine, could you imagine yourself being at church and someone walks up and take, start taking selfies at the altar? You would think like, what is happening here and what is going on? Because that doesn't make any sense to be doing it. But when somebody is high, and they're inebriated and they're or they drinking right they are going through a different set of emotions and so what i kind of look at is when people are are inebriated meaning that they are drunk or if they're high what that means is that they are now suffering from a disability they are not their normal self and so instead of judging people who we do not know it's so important. It's it's actually imperative for us to make sure that we are always praying to God. We need to pray pray to God and and call it the prayer line. Because if you're in a place and you see someone, you're in church and you just all of a sudden this person is coming to your church for the first time and you see this person taking selfies at the altar, you would think it was something wrong with them. But I don't want you to think it's nothing wrong with those type of people. I want you to know that when God show you things like that, that it's important for you to pray about it right then and there. You pray about it right then and there. So there are sometimes some people, they are really, really going through things in life. And we don't know what the next person is going through. We don't know what the next person experience level is and how they overcome and, and how the glory of God is working in their life. Because God wants to let you move forward. God wants to see you get through it. So, like for people with all different shapes and sizes. Go. It doesn't matter about the, the skin color, the race, the size of the person. It doesn't matter about any of that. Every single person that comes to work out at the gym have the same goals in mind. So that is how when we exercise, we are culturally connected because we want to live healthy lifestyles. It doesn't matter about the color of your hair, the color of your skin, what your bank account look like, what job you work at, 
What's about any of that? is to be a respected through all every single person at the gym every single person that comes to work out at the gym every single day have the same goal to be healthy live a healthier lifestyle So let me go ahead and share my screen again. I just wanted to share that story with you all because I want to make sure that people understand and know that just because your story may be different, it doesn't mean that it's not important. Because when that when when that person called me and said that, you know, uh, I'm at the church, I'm at the church and taking selfies, that was really like not right. So I waited until that person got sober and then I talked to them and I'm like, you know, that, that was inappropriate. You can do better in life. I just want to make sure that you realize how important you are in God's kingdom. Do you understand the goals that God wants for you? Do you understand that God wants you out here to come to heaven? Don't you want your family members to live a better life? Don't you want the people that you know to do better than what they've done yesterday? So every day when you wake up, you need to say to yourself, guess what? I want to do better today, God, than I did yesterday. God, allow me to be greater today than I was last week. Allow me to be greater today than I was a month ago. Help me to improve in my life. I want to type, I want to go and kind of shift focus here for a bit. And so I, I had talked about, um, I think I got enough time to, to talk about some of the tissue. So I would like to talk about that. Let's see here. But being able to share our story uh, shared about getting married, that, that story is relevant. That isn't something that I want to do. That, is, that isn't something that I would like to do with that person. God didn't say that I should do that. 
So how do you know when God is speaking to you? When God, when God tells you to do something, God will confirm things in his word. He will speak to you through God will speak to you through his word. And you will know that it's God. So God speaks to you. Okay. He's, he will speak to you and he will guide you through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not your intuition. It isn't any deja vu. There is no such thing as those things. What it is, it's called the Holy Spirit tugging at you. So God wants us to be positioned in a way where we can do his will and fulfill his plan, will, and purpose in our life by making sure that we can have cultural connectedness with other people. So although, yes, there are things that some people will, you know, So we we need to be making sure that when you're making long term decisions and choices that you're including God in your choices. And I wanted to actually look at this article. Actually, this is what I wanted to look at. Um, I can talk about there, there. There's an article. It's with crosswalk.com. It talks about different um, devotions, faith, family, church, news, and culture, different things like that. It's it's kind of like just like a newsletter. Okay. Um. So this is an article that has been um, published by Jennifer Harin or Haran um, in 2018. And it's 10 reasons to share your testimony. And go over um, some of the reasons why people would starting this story out. It says sometimes I can, sometimes she can worry too much about how to evangelize the people. So she worried that she would say something wrong or that she would miss something that is very important to say. So the Samaritan woman written about in John 4 had taught her how to nothing about her she wet their appetite enough that they came to meet this man for themselves and when they did they realized and believed that he was the savior of the world so the samaritan woman shared a simple testimony about what she saw and experienced so and in mark 5 19 jesus says something similar no go home to your family and tell them everything for you and how merciful he has been. Your first response should be to treasure and to be grateful for it. But then your next response should be to share it with others, right? Joy and peace are meant to be shared as often as possible. And so I really like this perspective because when we think about this sharing of your joy and peace, people share gossip all the time. That's a, one of the main reasons I don't watch TV. It's like, I will watch Pure Flix every now and then. But I really listen to praise and worship. I don't like television. 
at all. And so it's like I will watch movies with my kids every now and then when they want to watch it, when they, you know, like, so it's like, uh, other than that, no. If you can anticipate what's going to happen in the next scene, it's probably not going to be interesting to you. So movies are too predictable and they are not interesting at all. So I don't actually like watching television too often. But when we think about the things that are shared on reality TV and different um, telephone, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, television episodes, uh, TV shows, these things are spreading of gossip. People are sharing stories of slander. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, he broke, right? And she married him anyway. And you, they will tell you where a person's husband went. Like, I literally have seen people watch reality TV. And then right when it go off after watching four hours, now they're about to talk about it. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you went from watching it, y'all went from watching this to now you about to gossip about it. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. So this is not my environment at all. So we need to be sharing. Hold on one second, you all. Thank Thank you all so much for holding. 
Okay. So when we are sharing non-stories, for instance, people are sharing gossip. They are sharing a slandering of the people. They are sharing um, just they're sharing in hatred. They're sharing in jealousy. They're sharing in envy. They're jealous of the person, the, their neighbor, because of the car that they drive or because of the house that they have or because of their husband that they have or because of the wife that the next person have. It's all type of sharing going on. And so our stories share an influence. It also plants a seed and it also either plant or water a seed. So your story is unique according to the author here, even if you don't think it is. So she says there is a specific time when you first realized that you needed a savior. Then when you heard that there was one, you rejoiced, repented of all your wrongdoings and believed. It could be a memorable day or simply a certain expanse of time in your life. Think back. When was it for you? So some people share their stories about addiction and drugs or alcohol, and then they, they talk about how they break free from that. Some people talk about being depressed and how they, you know, continue to move onward in life. Many people realize how they have messed up in life and ended up in jail or, or disappointed their family and friends. So at some point in life, People are going to need help. So it, in, in order for you to see another perspective, you need to share your story. And so many times when you're sharing your stories, it could be an uncomfortable experience. But that doesn't mean that God isn't with you gonna, and God is not going to help you. God is always going to help you. So you just have to be calm. And talk about how God helped you overcome. That's it. And that, that brings inspiration to people that are hopeless and filled with despair. So another reason to share your testimony is because God tells us to. He tells us in, in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And so this right here, I, that's a story. And you also should be able to give a reason for why, why do you believe in God every single day of your life? Why? Why do you like praise and worship? Well, I praise God because it makes me feel good about how God has delivered me from all of, all of the bad things that was happening in my life. And so now I, I walk in peace. I have victory. And guess what? I had a favor of the Lord all over me. So, yes, I want to listen to music that's going to enable me to have peace rather than listen to a song that's depressing. With somebody talking about cheating and infidelity and sex that they're unsatisfied with. Nobody wants to hear stories and songs about unsatisfactory, uh, unsatisfied sex lives. 
That's all you hear about they sex, sex, sex. So how is that intriguing when sex is not at the top of the to-do list? So here we see in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. I'm sorry, in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. So that those who speak maliciously, uh, maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So when they talk about you, when they slander you, guess what? God, they can't help but to mention the God in you. They can't help but to mention how God did this for you. They can't help but to mention your testimony. So this, this verse had reminded her of how we should worship Christ in our life each and every day. So the next thing is people love to hear st stories, both believers and unbelievers. This is why there is so much support for negative news. This is why it's so much support for fake news, as Donald Trump say. Donald Trump say that that's fake news, fake news, fake news. And even though Donald Trump used that analogy of fake news, guess what? It is fake news. But since people love hearing stories, they know that it's fake. But they still will listen to it. For instance, I just posted a picture the other day on my um Facebook page. Let me let me go to it really quick. Let's go to it. So my um so somebody sent me a they sent me a message about my Facebook page and the picture that I posted. So I'm gonna show you all the picture that I posted. So uh. Let's see if it come up. Hopefully it come up. <laughs> this is so funny because this was intentional. Okay. So I posted this picture, right? <laughs> and so my friend sends me a message and say, uh, wait, wait, I'm trying, I'm trying to pull it up. It's just kind of taking a Okay, it's not that one. It's not that. Okay, let's see. Okay, so wait. I want to show this. Because this is funny to me. So, uh, I'm trying to see. Did I pass it? I don't think I passed it. Uh-uh, I ain't passed it. Okay, here we go. It's this one right here. Here is the picture. So, um, this picture right here is the what I posted on the picture itself, right? Was I said that um my confidence? Hold on, I don't know why why I won't leave. I'm trying to exit the screen. So once exit. So I posted, um, I said, well, my confidence is attached to Christ. And so this, this stress 
I can basically no longer fit. It's too little. So, um, so they, they said, well, why would you, why would you post it? Everybody see that everybody see you in it. So just because you didn't go outside in it, everybody else see you in it. And I was like, well, guess what? I'm giving you a part of my story. This is a part of my life. This is what is going on. I put on the clothes and I can't wear it outside. The dress is too short. It's about creating spaces that allows people to be comfortable. I don't care if you talk about me. I don't care if you slander me, whatever it is that you want to say about me. I can tell you I'm not who you say I am because I'm who God says I am. If, I, if you didn't like the post, you don't have to like the post. Okay? So the point of the matter is, is that we need to be able to share our story. Okay? So I'll pick this up tomorrow. Let me go ahead and pray.